Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Lord's answer to Job as we pick up in Job chapter 38, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who has laid the measures of it? Tell me if you know. Or who has stretched the line upon it? Where are the foundations fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? God is now talking to Job about the creation of the earth, about nature, pointing out that Job knows so little about nature. Job, where were you when I laid the foundations there? What did I fasten the foundations upon? When the morning stars sang together, now the morning stars, the word star oftentimes refers to the angels. You remember in the book of Revelation chapter 13 when the dragon was cast out of heaven, he took a third part of the stars with him, referring to the angels that fell with Satan. Now can you let your mind go back and we see God as he is bringing the earth into existence and the angels, the morning stars are singing together. And all of the sons of God are shouting for joy. The sons of God referring again to angels. Now Jesus is referred to as the only begotten son of God. Special classification. But the angels are referred to as sons of God. In the first chapter of Job, the sons of God were presenting themselves to God and Satan also came with them. In The New Testament, we are referred to as sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. But what a glorious scene that must have been when God created the earth and the angels, the morning stars, sang together. Who shut up the sea with the doors when it broke forth as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud the garment thereof and the thick darkness a swaddling band for it. God is talking about the earth now, his creation of the earth. Who put the bounds for the seas when I allowed the water to gush forth as a child out of the womb? When I made the cloud a garment of the earth and thick darkness a swaddling band for it. And I broke it up, for in my decreed place I set the bars and doors and said to the seas, This far you shall come, but no further, and here shall your proud ways be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth? 
that the wicked might be shaken out of it, it is turned as clay into the seal, to the seal, and they stand as a garment. And from the wicked their light is withheld, and the high arms shall be broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or have you walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee, or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Now go back to verse 2. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? God is rebuking Job for talking about things that he doesn't know anything about. Have the gates of death been opened to you? Have you been beyond them? Do you know what is there? You see, Job was saying, oh, I wish that I were dead. Where all is silent, where there is no memory, where there is no thought. Oh, I wish we're in, I were in the oblivion of death. Where man is at rest, where everything is at peace. And God said, Job, have you been there? Have the gates of death been opened to you? Talking about these things, Job, but you don't know anything about them. That is why it is wrong to use the scriptures out of Job to try to prove the doctrine of soul sleep. And when a person dies, he is in an in a unconscious state of waiting, that there is no consciousness or awareness or anything else. That is wrong to conclude those doctrines out of the book of Job, which they usually find their proof scriptures in Job, or in Ecclesiastes. And when we get to Ecclesiastes, we'll show why it's wrong to use Ecclesiastes for proof text. These were things that Job was saying, but God is rebuking them, rebuking him for saying them. Have you perceived the breath of the earth? Tell it if you know it all. Where is the way where light dwells? And as for darkness, where is the place of it? Where, where does light dwell? Tell me this, where did the darkness go when they turned on the lights tonight? Where is the darkness hiding? Now it's around here someplace, and it's very close. All we have to do is flip off the lights, and it moves right back in. But where is it lurking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but God is questioning Job and saying, where is the place where light dwells? Where is the place where darkness dwells? that you should take it to the bound thereof, that you should know the path to the house thereof. Do you know it? Because thou wast then born, or because the number of thy days is great. Have you entered into the treasures of the snow? Or have you seen the treasures of the hail? Beautiful treasures in every snowflake. Have you seen the pictures of snowflakes magnified? The beautiful geometric designs and no two of them alike. Talk about a God of variety. You see a snowstorm. I don't know how many flakes of snow fall in a single storm, but it can blanket large areas of the United States. And you take those snowflakes and put them under a microscope and you'll see beautiful treasures of intricate, beautiful geometric designs, perfect geometrical patterns, and no two of them alike. Now, how did Job know that? 
when this book was written. Have you entered into the treasures of the snow or the hail? But then he says something even more interesting, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. What do you mean you've reserved the snow or ice for the day of war? During World War II, as we were seeking to supply the Allies with TNT, <laughs> One of our ships was blown up because TNT is a very volatile type of explosive and jarred, it'll, it'll go off. In fact, that's the way you set off TNT is by putting a dynamite cap in it and the dynamite cap, when it explodes, it, it sets off the whole trinitrotoline telate or something, whatever it is. But at any rate, Weissman, discovered that by packing TNT in ice, they could transport it safely. After some of the ships and all had been blown to smithereens trying to transport TNT, this Jewish scientist discovered that if they would pack it in ice, that that way they could transport it, store it and all without any dangers. Here God declared that he had reserved ice for the day of war and trouble. I, I've reserved it for that. Man didn't come a, to the discovery of God's reservation until 1916, 19 or so, but yet God had reserved it all that time for the day of battle and war. By what way is the light parted? How is light divided, God said. Now, we know that now we can divide light. We've developed the spectroscope, and we can actually divide light into compartments. God was speaking about the dividing of light before man ever knew that light could be divided. It can be divided into definite areas through the spectroscope. God is challenging Job about this thousands of years before we even discover the spectroscopes. Who hath divided the water course for the overflowing of waters or the way of the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is or the wilderness where there is no man to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. God said, who, who waters the wilderness, Job? Causing the wilderness to bring forth grass and flowers and all. Has the rain a father or who has begotten the drops of dew? Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of the heaven? Who hath gendered it? How do these things, how are they formed, Job? The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades? Or loose the bands of Orion? Can you bring forth the Maseroth in his season? Or can you guide Arcturus with his sons? The Pleiades is a constellation that is most commonly mistaken by amateur stargazers as the Little Dipper. It is a winter constellation, and it comes up just about in the middle of the winter skies, and it's a little cluster of stars that does look somewhat like a dipper, but it is the Pleiades or the Seven Sisters. 
Now, the Little Dipper actually is a part of the, or the North Star is actually a part of the Little Dipper. And the Big Dipper, of course, the pointer stars always point to the North Star, but it takes a good clear night in the mountains or out in the desert to actually see the Little Dipper. So it is accepted for people to make the mistake and to point at the Pleiades as the Little Dipper, but don't you make that mistake. But it is a part of the winter constellations, comes up into the center of the sky, small little cluster, seven sisters, the Pleiades. Now, God said, can you bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades? Astronomers now believe that the Pleiades actually is the center of the gravitational forces in our Milky Way galaxy. Pretty well accepted now that it is the center of the gravity and the gravitational forces within the Milky Way galaxy. Here God is telling Job, can you bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades? Hinting, actually, to what the astronomers have discovered, that this actually is the center of the gravitational forces in the Milky Way galaxy. Then God said, how about, Job, would, how would you like the job of guiding Arcturus? Arcturus is known as the runaway star. Now, how did Job know this? It travels at about 125,000 miles per second. Now, God said to Job, how would you like the job of steering that thing through the sky? <laughs> Get the steering wheel and this large mass. Arcturus is larger than our sun. <laughs> Guiding that thing at 125,000 miles a second through the sky, dodging these <laughs> stars and so forth so you don't have a major collision in our universe here. No thanks. <laughs> you go ahead, God, and you keep your hand on it. Do you know the ordinances of the heaven? Can you set the dominion thereof in the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that the abundance of water may cover thee? Can you send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, here we are, can you order the lightning? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? Who has given understanding to the heart? Where did you get your knowledge? Where did you get understanding? Where does it come from? Who put it there? Who gave you the capacity? Who put the DNA there? Who created the memory cells? You know, God is just speaking of the marvels of his creation. Pointing to Job, the marvels of his creative genius. And surely, as David said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we live in a marvelous universe. Who can number the clouds in wisdom? Or who can say to the bottles of heaven, when the dust grows into hardness and the clods cleave fast together, will you hunt the prey for the lion or fill the appetite of the young lions when they couch in their dens and abide in the covert to lie in wait? Who provides for the raven his food? Who is overseeing the universe? Who is taking care of the animals? The ravens, when the young ones are crying unto God, they wander for the lack of meat. Here the, God says in these little ravens in the nest are squawking. They are actually crying unto him. 
Do you know the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Can you mark when the hinds calve? Can you number the months that they fulfill? Do you know how long their pregnancies are? Or do you know the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves, they bring their young ones, and they cast out their sorrows? Or can you actually harness a unicorn to plow in your field and to do your work, to bring in your harvest? Can you, did you paint the beautiful wings on the peacocks or the feathers of the ostrich? And this dumb ostrich that leaves her eggs in the earth, warms them in the dust, and forgets that a foot might crush them or that the wild beast might break them in. She's hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear because God has deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. Now, some birds have tremendous instinctive abilities. Who put it in the mind of the golden plover? to fly from Alaska to the Aleutian Islands in the springtime in order that they might hatch their eggs and raise their babies in Alaska in the springtime? Who put it in the mind of the plover to fly 2,000 miles over uncharted oceans? And, and land up there in the Aleutian Islands. And then after they have their little ones, and as winter is approaching, the little golden plover turns around and flies back to Hawaii. Who guides it? Who's given it its instinctive guidance system that it can fly over the 2,000 miles of ocean nonstop and land by careful navigation there in Hawaii, even though it may be blown by crosswinds of up to 100 miles an hour and be blown off of course, yet find its way to Hawaii? You say, well, it remembered the way it came. Well then who guides the kids who are left behind, who don't take off for Hawaii until two weeks after their parents have left? And they've never been to Hawaii. God is just saying to Job, hey, Job, who, who's done all of these things? You know, you think you're so smart? Go ahead and see how far you could get <laughs> in, in doing these things. Now, the ostrich, it lays its eggs. It doesn't worry about, you know, someone coming along and stepping on the sand and, and cracking the egg because God has hid wisdom from it. He's, he just let it be dumb, not care about the egg, whether it'll hatch or not. He's hardened her against her young ones. And yet with some animals, there are very strong mother instincts. And then God talks about the horse with its tremendous strength. And, and the, the excitement of the horse in battle and so forth. Who created this excitement within the horse? Does the hawk fly by wisdom and stretch forth her wings towards the south? Does the eagle mount up at your command and makes her nest on high? Who, who gave the eagle that instinct to build the nest way up on the cliff? Did you order that? She dwells and abides in the rocks, upon the crags of the rocks, and in the strong place. And from there she seeks her prey, and her eyes behold very far off. Her young ones also suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is she. 
Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contends with the Almighty instruct him? Job, are you trying to instruct me? <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Can you think of anybody trying to instruct God? How foolish. But you're looking at one. <laughs> How many times I've tried to instruct God? Now, God, this is the way I see it, and I think you ought to work it out this way. Lord, why aren't you doing it this way? I have been so foolish thinking that I can instruct God, and I get upset when he doesn't follow my instructions. That's the dumb part. I seek to instruct God and then get upset when he doesn't follow them. Unfortunately, there are those who are espousing some kind of a doctrine that really deals with instructing God and telling God exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And he's got to do it if you instruct him in the right ways. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 38 through 40 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you. And may you experience a fresh work of God within your lives. And may you come into a deeper relationship of love, love for God and love for each other. And especially, may God give you a heart of praise and rejoicing so that your life might be pleasing to Him as you rejoice in the Lord always. God bless and God bless. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Spirit? And how should I respond? It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit. 
that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.